0: a new life, oh, yes, I'll have a new home, glory, glory, with the redeemed, I'll stand, there'll be no more sorrow, no more pain, there'll be no more strife, yes, raising the likeness of my sight, ready to live, I'll be glad, I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, be Perfection, youthful and happy I shall be I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Glorified with Him forever Death will be lost in victory
1: Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life,
0: oh, yes. I'll have a new home, glory, glory, glory. with the redeemed, never sad. there'll be no more sorrow, no, no more pain, there'll be no, no, more strife. Strife. no more strife, yes, raising the likeness, this likeness, likeness ready to live. I'll, I'll be glad, glad. I'll have a new body, praise, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, life. eternal life, Why? Trump of God shall sound, I'll have a new body, praise, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, life. eternal grace. all bursting saints are shouting heavenly beauty all around, I'll have a new body, praise, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, life. Yes. I'll have a new home, glory, glory, with reading no Never God No more pain, there'll be be no more strife strife. Yes, raising in the likeness, soulless likeness Ready to live, I'll be glad glad. I'll have a new body,
1: praise the Lord I'll have a new
0: life, eternal
1: Good morning, good evening Wherever you may be Welcome, friend, to the Passion for Christ show So glad to have you This is your host Bruce Kessler, hey friend, let me tell you this, I'm a follower of the greatest movement ever, follower of Jesus Christ, because you see, in him I found forgiveness, joy, happiness, peace, blessings beyond measure, more than I could ever deserve, folks. My goal here is very simple, that is to encourage you along the way, to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Upcoming in our study segment, we're going to be talking about some things to remember when reading the Bible. Look forward to that. But first, a few things along the way. And the first is Headline News. Get this. Get this. In what appears to be the first such legislation in the nation, a Missouri lawmaker has introduced a measure to shield children from being exposed to age-inappropriate material at public libraries that receive state funding. The proposed bill was drafted in reaction to, get this folks, drag queen story hours being held all across the state. The report went on to say that public libraries that violate the provision by displaying such material could lose state funding. Library districts would be required to establish five-member adult oversight boards to conduct public hearings and determine what material is age-appropriate. If you don't know, the Drag Queen Story Hour is organized by independent local groups across the nation and in some foreign countries it's just what it sounds like drag queens reading stories to children in libraries that capture the imagination and play of the gender fluidity of childhood and gives kids glamorous positive and unabashedly queer role models in spaces like this kids are able to see people who defy rigid gender restrictions and imagine a world where people can present as they wish where dress-up is real. That's on the dragqueenstoryhour.org website description of those events. So there you go, folks. Missouri lawmaker and the first such proposed bill across the nation introduces Bill to shield kids from Drag Queen Story Hour. Folks, who would have ever Imagine that we would even be talking about something like this. Now get this, get this. Over the weekend, over 20,000 Christians from around the world gathered at the Jordan River to be baptized. That's right, folks. That's right. The pilgrims commemorated the Feast of the Epiphany, which is the day that Orthodox Christians and Catholics Remember when the three Magi visited baby Jesus. The Jordan River is believed to be the site where John the Baptist baptized Jesus, as well as where the Israelites crossed over into the Promised Land and where Elijah ascended into heaven. The annual pilgrimage started in January when five Christian denominations held baptismal ceremonies At the river and for those who cannot travel to Jordan, Christians dunk themselves into freezing rivers all over the country, including in Russia. How about that, folks? More than 20,000 Orthodox Christians flock to Jordan River to be baptized. Oh, my, folks. How about that? 20,000 people. Now, listen to this. Police claim that a woman in Pennsylvania intentionally drove her car into oncoming oncoming traffic while waiting to hear a calling from God. I wonder if she forgot to read Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, where Jesus speaks to us today through his word. It's crazy, folks. Madness. The woman crashed into another vehicle, injuring both passengers inside. The woman allegedly didn't care about them. She said that basically God would take care of them. Nanata Riley was her name, and she drove for several hours waiting to hear from God. Eventually, she took matters in her own hands and decided to drive the car straight into oncoming traffic. Madness, folks. It's madness. Woman drives car into oncoming traffic to test her faith. And oh, by the way, two were injured because of her careless actions. Folks, that's what happens when you defy God and test Him. Whew. And that's our headline news for this broadcast. And now, this day in church history, in one thousand seventy seven AD, Emperor Henry the Fourth submits to Pope Gregory Seventh at Canossa, Italy, and will be forced to stand for three days barefoot in the snow. My, oh, my. In 1164 on this day in church history, the Council of Clarendon assembles, and King Henry II of England threatens the bishops of the realm with death if they do not yield him more jurisdiction over crimes by the clergy. The archbishop conceded in order to save lives. And finally, on this day in church history, in 1980, Frederick Donald Coggan, archbishop of Canterbury, retires. He had been involved in the translation of the New English Bible and was an advocate for the ordination of women. And that's this day in church history. And now we have folks, a little fun time, name that Bible character segment. Here is your clue. I am the direction that Cain's dwelling place was from Eden. What direction am I? Here is your clue one more time. I am the direction that Cain's dwelling place was from Eden. What direction am I? We'll reveal the answer to that tantalizing question after the study. So stay tuned for that, folks. And our exciting reveal in the final segment of Name That Bible Character. And now we come to our study and uh, thought it would be a good time as we begin the new year to think about things to remember when studying the Bible. These are just basic things to remember and to contemplate. Things to remember when studying the Bible. Number one, the Bible is a gift. Think about that, folks. The Bible is a gift. Paul puts it like this All scripture is given by the inspiration of God, or it is God breathe. It is a marvelous, beautiful, powerful gift. And without it, folks, we would be totally, totally lost without it folks we would not know who god is without it folks we would not know of what we need to do in order to live and to have purpose and to have meaning and to gain eternal life what really truly matters so it is a powerful wonderful inspirational gift of God in fact back up a couple verses and Paul talks about that power that from childhood he told Timothy that you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ so as you read the Bible and maybe your Bible, friend, is stuck up somewhere in dust. You need to get it down and look at it and hold it and revere it and honor it. Because it is a gift from God himself speaking to you and to all of us. Isn't that one? And then in verse 16 of Second Timothy 3, it says that this scripture is given... It's God breathed, given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine. That is teaching. It teaches us things, it helps us with things. For reproof or rebukes, it's basically when we read it. If it needs to, the Bible would tell us off. It tells us when we're wrong, and sometimes we don't like to hear that. The Bible is for correction, it corrects us in our. Oh, uh, walk in life. It 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 gets us back on the right track. It is instruction in righteousness. In other words, right way, right decisions, right path to do the right thing at the right time in the right moment. To be right. To be judicious in every respect. That the man of God, or believers, may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So it is a gift. God's Word is unlike any other book. And because of that, because it's God-breathed, because it's from God, and God alone, then that changes who we are. And so Paul talks about to the Romans that not being conformed to this world, but we are transformed. So remember, as you read the Bible, it is a wonderful gift from God. Number two, as you read the Bible, remember to just get out of the way of the scriptures. Get out of the way of God's voice. Get out of the way of God's word. It might surprise you, but it's not written by a Republican. It's not written by a Democrat. It's not written by a capitalist. It's not written by a communist. But we need to be sensitive to the fact that we cannot project ourselves on the characters of the Bible. We can't project ourselves in our day. On Apostle Paul or Peter. Now the principles are what's important. The principles are applicable. But we need to remember as we read And not to project. Not to put our political spin. On what these people are saying and doing. So just remember that as you as you roll along in reading the scripture. So it's a gift of God. You just need to step out of the way. Let the Bible say what it says without you intervening. Number three, have big ears. As you read the Bible, have big ears. The Bible uses the word hear a lot. Different trans you have the Hebrew term and you have the Greek terminology of that. And the and the ground level understanding of the word hear is listen. It means to be attentive. That's just the ground level understanding of hearing the word of God. Be attentive to it, but it expands on that. As you learn what the word here means. It means not just to be attentive, but it means to absorb these words. It's like James when he talks about engrafting the word of God. It gives you this idea of something more than just listening or hearing or being attentive. It means to absorb what you are hearing. And it then expands even more in the New Testament. When Jesus would say, whoever hears these words and does them will be likened to a wise man who built his house on the rock. So it's not just hearing, listening, absorbing, but it's also the doing. So as you read the scriptures, keep that in mind. So one is the gift of God. Get out of the way and have big ears as you read the word of God because God is speaking to you and to all of us. Number four, where does the passage that I'm reading fit in the narrative of Scripture? Where does the passage that I'm reading fit? In the scheme of scripture, basically the scriptures can be broken down into three sections. From Genesis to 1 Samuel, it's theocracy. God spoke specifically to people. And it wasn't until 1 Samuel when they came to the prophet Samuel and said and demanded that we want a king. And he was upset and he went to God and God says, hey, they're not rejecting you, but they're rejecting me. And so he allowed them to have kings. And so they went from a theocracy to a monocracy. Well, then later on, as we continue to read these scriptures, we find out that they didn't do very well with the monocracy. They didn't do very, very well with the human king. And so... Things started to deconstruct, fall apart. Kingdom was split. So you went from a theocracy to a monocracy. And then when Christ came on the scene, when he was born, you have what we call the Christocracy. The divine Jesus who came to save us. And to be a king and to reign over the earth. So keep that in mind as you read the scriptures. Where does it fall? Genesis first Samuel. Theocracy. Monocracy. And then in the New Testament as the Gospels reveal the birth of Jesus and God's plan is being realized and the king is born to this day, Christ would become king. Christocracy. So where in this narrative does your passages come into play? Number five. As you read the Bible... Understand that it's not meant entirely to be read by yourself because, by the way, the Word of God has been given to all of us. It needs to be shared. You you need to expound on that. You need to grow with that. You need to read with others. Find um, some people to read with, a small group. Find some spiritual teachers to read with. Find your church leaders, and also read with them. So read with others. It's important because as we read the scriptures, we need to be challenged and understand what we're reading. That's where spiritual understanding will come when others will sharpen our understanding. So that's number five. Read with others. Number six. Take advantage of other things. Take advantage of other websites. Be very careful. Be sure you understand what these websites are. Uh, There are certain courses you can take, DVD programs, all kinds of things that will help you in your walk in reading the Bible. So that's number six. Take advantage of other materials. Number seven, as you read the Bible, avoid decontextualizing. Basically, don't pull out of passage and try, uh, in the Old Testament specifically, and try to say, well, we need to do that. It be like taking Leviticus chapter 25 and verse 11, not to till the earth or pruned trees in jubilee jubilee year. So be careful in taking obscure passages and say, well, that's what we need to be doing. Understand again where this falls in the narrative of Scripture, in the context of which you're reading that. Be careful. Understand a lot of times when you're reading the Scripture like that, You instinctively know that that's not what we're to do so keep it in context know where you are in the narrative of Scripture number eight don't be afraid to be mistaken don't be afraid to be mistaken try out your ideas your understanding what these passages mean to you with others And don't be afraid to learn from others. Don't be prideful as you read the scripture. Number nine, don't expect that every time you read the scripture, that it's going to be earth-shattering, mind-blowing experience. That's just not going to be the case. But it is new in the sense of learning different things. Here's how one man put it. He says, when we read the scriptures, when we read the Bible, it's not to discover something new, but be reminded of something old. Old, powerful, wonderful, eternal principles. That God is waiting to reveal to you. So don't expect every single time that you read the scripture. It's going to be some earth shattering, mind blowing experience. Remember, when you read the scriptures. It's not to discover something new. But to be reminded of something old and powerful and eternal. And then finally, in number 10, thank God every time you read the Scripture for speaking to you from Scripture. His Word will not come back void. Remember that. So, there's some ideas to remember when reading the Scripture. One, it's a gift of God. Two, get out of the way. Three, have big ears. Number number four, Remember the narrative from the scriptures that you're reading. Is it the narrative of theocracy, monocracy, or Christocracy? Where does your passage fit? Number five, read with others. Number six, take advantage of other material. Number seven, avoid decontextualizing. Number eight, don't be afraid to be mistaken. Number nine, don't expect too much, but read. Read with the understanding that God has something to tell you. Number ten, thank God for speaking to you from Scripture. In order to be fair, as a side, uh, uh, these materials were not my own But uh, from a professor that I heard by the name of Scott McKnight at a biblical college. So I thought they were very excellent indeed. And uh, so I hope you enjoyed it too. And that's our study for this broadcast. And now we have Name That Bible Character. Here was your clue. I am the direction that Cain's dwelling place was from Eden. What direction am I? East. That's right, folks. East. Genesis 4, verse 16. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. I am the direction that Cain's dwelling place was from Eden. What direction am I? East. And name that Bible character. Well, folks, you too can become a follower of Jesus Christ if you're willing to give your life over to him. Submit yourself to baptism, repentance, believe, confession, folks. And Trust me, folks, you'll be forgiven, you'll find peace, you'll find joy, you'll find happiness. You'll be blessed beyond measure, more than you ever deserve. My goal here has been very simple. That is to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion and life in Jesus Christ. If you ever come through Norman, Oklahoma, I pray that you will stop by and visit with us at the South Canadian Valley Church of Christ. But if you can't, Stop by our website, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com. Well, friend, I just want to tell you this. Thank you for listening. And may God bless you. Praise God. Praise
0: God. Give thanks to the Father in in all that you say and do. Well, amen. Amen. Sing glory, hallelujah. Christ the Lord has died for you. Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks to the Father in all. In all that you say and do well, Amen. Amen. Sing glory hallelujah. Christ the Lord has risen for you. Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks Praise to the, the Father in all. In all that you say and do well, Amen. Amen. Sing glory, hallelujah. Christ the Lord is living for you.
1: Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks to the Father in all. In all that you say and do, well amen.
0: Amen. Sing glory, hallelujah. Christ the Lord is coming for you. Christ the Lord is coming for you. Christ the Lord is coming for you.